the service of evening prayer for the third midweek of Lent, March 10th, 2021. The first hymn is LSB 517 by All Your Saints in Warfare, verses 1, 10, and 3. time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Turn us again, O God of our salvation, that the light of your face may shine on us. May your justice shine like the sun, and may the poor be lifted up. Joyous light of glory of the immortal Father, Heavenly, holy, blessed Jesus Christ, we have come to the setting of the sun, and we look to the evening light. 
We sing to God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are worthy of being praised with your voices forever. O Son of God, O Giver of life, the universe proclaims your glory. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who led your people Israel by a pillar of cloud by day, and a pillar of fire by night. Enlighten our darkness by the light of your Christ. May his word be a lamp to our feet, and a light to our path, for you are merciful, and you love your whole creation. And we, your creatures, glorify you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Let my prayer rise before you as incense, the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. O Lord, I call to you, come to me quickly. Hear my voice when I cry to you. Let my prayer rise before you as incense, the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Set a watch before my mouth, O Lord, and guard the door of my lips. Let not my heart incline to any evil thing. Let me not be occupied in wickedness with evil doers. But my eyes are turned to you, O God. In you I take refuge. Strip me not of my life. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Let my prayer rise before you as incense, the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Let us pray. Let the incense of our repentant prayer ascend before you, O Lord, and let your loving kindness descend on us, that with purified minds we may sing your praises with the church on earth, and the whole heavenly host, and may glorify you 
forever. Amen. Our psalm is Psalm 34. bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and delivers them. O taste and see that the Lord is good, Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. O fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there? who desires life, and loves many days that he may see good. Keep your tongue from evil, and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good, seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ears toward their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to cut off the memory of them from the earth. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all his bones, not one of them is broken. Affliction will slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. We sing him LSB 451, Stricken, Smitten, and Afflicted.
stricken, smitten, and afflicted, see him dying on the tree. Tis the Christ by men rejected, yes, my soul, tis he, tis he. Tis the long-expected prophet, David's son, yet David's Lord. Proves I see sufficient of it, tis the true and faithful word. Tell me ye who hear him groaning, was there ever grief like his? Friends through fear his cause disowning, foes insulting his distress. Many hands were raised to wound him, none would intervene to save. But the deepest stroke that pierced him was the stroke that justice gave. He who think of sin but lightly, nor suppose the evil great, here may view its nature rightly, here its guilt may estimate. Mark the sacrifice appointed, see who bears the awful load. Tis the word, the Lord's anointed, Son of Man and Son of God. Here we have a firm foundation near the refuge of the lost. Christ, the rock of our salvation, is the name of which we boast. Lamb of God for sinners wounded, sacrifice to cancel guilt. None shall ever be confounded, who on him their hope have built. A reading from Numbers, the 13th and 14th chapters. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Then the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone to spy it out is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people that we saw in it are of a great height. And there we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, who came from the Nephilim, and we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers, and so we seemed to them. Then all the congregation raised with a loud cry, and the people wept that night. And all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said to them, Would that we have died in the land of Egypt, or would that we have died in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become a prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to one another, Let us choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the people of Israel. And Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, and said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, The land which we pass through to spy it out, is an exceedingly good land. 
If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. And do not fear the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their protection is removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Then all the congregation said to stone them with stones. But the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting to all the people of Israel. And the Lord said to Moses, How long will this people despise me, and how long will they not believe in me, in spite of all the signs that I have done among them? O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. A reading from 1 Peter chapter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you. In the things that have now been announced to you, through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope, fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on him as Father who judges impartially, according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for your sake, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. And reading from Matthew, the 26th chapter. Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl came up to him and said, You also were with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it before them all, saying, I don't know what you mean. And when he went out of the entrance, another servant girl saw him. And she said to the bystanders, This man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied it with an oath, I do not know the man. After a little while the bystanders came up and said to Peter, Certainly you are one of them, 
for your accent betrays you. Then he began to evoke, invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the saying of Jesus, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. In many and various ways, God spoke to his people of old by the prophets. But now in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Last week we journeyed into the council with Caiaphas. Tonight we find ourselves in the courtyard. Just outside the palace of the high priest, there were a number of servants standing around coal fires warming themselves. Like every good bonfire is liable to do, conversation strikes up. Among the many servants, there is one who had followed Jesus from the garden. This was no ordinary servant. This was the apostle Peter, a servant of the word. Over the conversation, an accusation breaks out from the lips of a servant girl. You also were with Jesus, the Galilean. Peter denies being with Jesus, and a second accusation flies, this time to the bystanders. This man was with Jesus of Nazareth. The last time we heard the phrase, this man, was from the lips of Jesus' accusers at his trial before Caiaphas. They're not words of love and confession. They are said with sneering and scorn, this guy, get a load of this guy. It's interesting that as Jesus is being judged by the high priest, Peter is also being judged by a group of his own peers. A lowly slave is speaking in judgment over a fellow servant, and to be sure, the conversation starts in a most natural way. Some of the servants were involved, or at least knew about the events that were transpiring. Some most likely were among the crowd that had arrested Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. This was the Jerusalem late-night talk show. What do you think about the man called Jesus? What do you think about what one of his servants did to the servant of the high priest? Did you see what happened? What about all of us falling down when Jesus spoke? That was weird, huh? The servant girl has an important confession in her second accusation. She calls the arrested man Jesus of Nazareth. The Messiah was to be born from Bethlehem, not from Nazareth, so you can see the smugness. This man must be an imposter. He's a fake, a phony, a snake oil salesman. We're too smart for that. We will not be deceived. They revel in their ignorance. They haven't done the research. They're going by rumors. The news of Jesus possibly doing some kind of miracles was spreading around, especially the news of him raising Lazarus from the dead just a few days ago. Instead of reading and studying for themselves, the servant girl is doing Twitter theology. She already has in her mind what she wants to know, and everyone else must follow along with her. When she is rebuffed, she will fire back with more fervor. The louder she talks, the more people she can get worked up, the more this man will be inclined to agree with her, and she will have shown herself to be the wise and have the upper hand. The servant girl is an example of you are what you eat. As a servant of the high priest, you can hear the tone in her accusation. My master is the high priest. He knows the scriptures. He knows all about this imposter. In loud ignorance, she parrots what her master has been saying for the last few years. Then there's this new guy by the fire. What a dolt. What a dullard. How simple and stupid must this man be to have been duped by Jesus of Nazareth. 
This Peter has to be one of them. His accent gives him away. The weakness of this servant girl we see all around. It's a glaring characteristic of the sinful flesh. Unchristian science begins with unproved assertions, then set up unsubstantiated theories. These papers get published and reported as profound wisdom and wonderful achievements of human progress. Then many take snippets of these progressive theories and parrot them without understanding. Then when rebuked with sound reason or rebuffed with sound morals, they answer louder and with more anger, with more anger. You are ignorant. How stupid and simple must you be to be duped by that simple ancient book you call the Bible? How can you be so backward as to live with such a simple understanding? Look at how advanced we are today in the realms of understanding the body and marriage and nature. Are you still so bigoted and dull that you still believe in some invisible man beyond the clouds that is going to save you from anything and everything? We've been beyond the clouds and we didn't see him there. Brothers and sisters in Christ, a few weeks ago I spoke on the importance of holding to the Bible as the Word of God. Sadly, this gets thrown out in many groups calling themselves the church. There are so-called Christian pastors that speak of the Bible containing errors and contradictions. They're charismatic enough and the people are just without enough time to take the time to study for themselves. So what do they do? They repeat these falsities without understanding. They latch on to short sayings that seem to sound good and already match their preconceived ideas. So they like, share, retweet, and parrot them to any who will listen. And the accusations continue. Haven't you progressed as far as me? Are you not as wise and as lightened as I am? Times have changed, man. Give it the program. Your God is outdated. Or worse, your church is outdated. Knowing sinful pride is part and parcel to the sinful nature, this mocking should not surprise us. It is hard and can be difficult to hear, especially from close family and friends, but it should never disturb us. It cannot take away the peace that God himself gives. This is one of the great comforts we find in the recording of Peter's denials. The mockery did disturb Peter. It ate away at his sensibilities, and he fell to the attack on his faith. Peter fell before the onslaught of Satan who tempted him through a nameless servant. Peter should have rejoiced in this testimony. He should have delighted in the fact that others could readily identify him as a follower of Jesus just by his words. Peter was known to be with Jesus. Peter at once confessed the great privilege and joy it is to be in the presence of the Lord. When Jesus taught about himself being the bread of life, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him, so Jesus Said to the twelve, Do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. What does this mean? Jesus is the God-ordained Savior of sinners. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is our wisdom and righteousness. He is our redemption and our sanctification. Without Jesus, there is no hope. There is no salvation, there is no life, there is no peace. To be with Jesus is to partake of all of that he is for me. It is, to re it is rescue from death and given life eternal. It is defense against the devil and his schemes and snares. It is the promise that all things will work for good, if not for this life, certainly for the life to come. It means forgiveness of sins. It means peace with God. There is no greater peace 
than to be with Jesus. To be with Jesus is to live the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. To be with Jesus should be our glory. So is it? Does Peter stand alone in his falling? Many Christians are in the same place, aren't they, including you and me? In word and deed, how often do we find ourselves denying that we are with Jesus? How often must we confess that we would rather be seen with the children of this world? We know that parroting in pride is a temptation of the sinful nature, which highlights the importance of being in church, in a church that is centered on His word. The world entices and accuses many hours a week. What is one hour, or two, or even three in the span of a whole week? When the world strikes the sinful nature, surely you are with Jesus. Here we are strengthened to look to our baptism. Hear the words of God's servant in absolution and preaching, and proclaim the Lord's death is for me. Hear the one who had his feet anointed, anoints you in baptism. Hear the goodness and mercy of the Lord pour out in abundance, overflowing your cup. Here you are strengthened for any evil that may befall you, as you are given and reminded that you fear God above all things. What can man do? They can hurt your body, or your reputation, or your possessions, but God can repair them all. They cannot destroy the soul, and God has that lying down beside green pastures, drinking from his water of eternal life. Surely this man is one with Jesus. You bet. Here we have a firm foundation. Here the refuge of the lost. Christ, the rock of our salvation, is the name of which we boast. Lamb of God for sinners wounded, sacrifice to cancel guilt. None shall ever be confounded who on him their hope have built. Amen. May the peace of God which passes all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. My soul magnifies the Lord, my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from this day all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things to me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is on those who fear him. From generation to generation, he magnifies the Lord, 
and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. He has shown strength with his arm, he has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones, and has exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent empty away. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy for this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy for Matthew and Brian, for all pastors in Christ, for all servants of the church and for all the people. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy for Joseph and Kim, for all public servants, for the government and those who protect us, that they may be upheld and strengthened in every good deed. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy for those who work to bring peace, justice, health, and protection in this and every place. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy for those who bring offerings, those who do good works in this congregation, those who toil, those who sing, and all the people here present who await from the Lord great and abundant mercy. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy for favorable weather, for an abundance of the fruits of the earth, and for peaceful times. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy 
for our deliverance from all affliction, wrath, danger, and need, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the faithful who have gone before us and are with Christ, let us give thanks to the Lord. Thanks be to God. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Rejoicing in the fellowship of all the saints, let us commend ourselves, one another, and our whole life to Christ our Lord. To you, O Lord. O God, from whom come all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works, give to us, your servants, that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey your commandments, and also that we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may live in peace and quietness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Taught by our Lord and trusting his promises, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Almighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Bless and preserve you. Amen. Our final hymn is TLH 556. O God, be with us. Thou from harm defend us.
Oh, <laughs> 